0: Welcome to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. My name is Renee from Villon Reply, and today we're going to talk about a Metaverse quantified trend analysis. And for this, I'm honored to have not just one, but actually two expert guests today, Anja Kilman and Steffen Hück. Hi Anja and Stefan, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: Hi Nick, thank you for having us here. We're pretty good.
0: Yeah, we're happy to be here and talking a little bit about the Metaverse. Awesome. So let's start with a little bit of introduction for audience. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to Metaverse topics, but also, of course, data analytics and related things?
1: So maybe ladies first, I'll just get started. My name is Anja. Um, I'm Senior Director here at TD Reply and also part of the uh, Trends team that we have. and. So, our background in the metaverse is, as we look into trends, we can, of course, cannot cross the metaverse in so many fields, be it in trends, but also probably more important for us in the field of application and what it is that people actually do with the technologies that other people come up with and how they
2: develop. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm Steffen, also Senior Director here at TV Reply, heading our Trends and Innovation Offering. And yeah, I guess the metaverse is a super interesting topic to talk about. And I guess my first related experience probably was like in 2017 when we did a team day and did a little bit of a scouting tour here in Berlin um, and experienced the first time like a virtual showroom in the Audi concept store here in Berlin, which was uh, quite eye opening. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. So yes, it's it's not so new, right? The the whole kind of topic and all the, the building blocks and technologies, but now it's finally all coming together um, to build the Metaverse vision. But let's talk about um, one of our first questions here. And I know you you both worked on this so-called trend sonar report about the Metaverse that is based on a very innovative uh, trend platform, which is analyzing market signals and, you know, takes a lot of input and then digests that and comes out with some some pretty good stuff but I'm, I'm not the expert here so please can you tell us a little bit about how does this method work and how did you apply it for the metaverse report
2: sure so i guess to put it in a really let's say simple way instead of talking doing interviews with a few experts on new trends and technologies we are basically listening to the publicly available expert opinions across the whole internet um, and having more, let's say, uh, expert listening approach. So a lot of people might know tools that do social listening, so analyzing consumer conversations in the internet. We are doing this with our sona platform on expert conversations and specifically analyzing uh, yeah, online conversations of experts in expert blogs Online news sites, but we're also analyzing uh, patent fillings as well as scientific publications. And through the millions of relevant expert opinions outside uh, outside in the internet, we are actually scraping it, making it manageable, and analyzing it and applying it to understand uh, what is happening outside in the world. And in this case specifically, our experts actually talking about the metaverse. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. And um, maybe maybe a quick follow-up question to this. How do you make sure that it's not just like white noise, if you know what I mean, like not just, you know, like, you know, a lot of people on the internet claim they're experts, but are actually not. So how do you make sure it's, it's only valid opinions, basically?
2: I mean, it's, I would say there's two sides to it. One is, in general, let's say filtering out the noise in terms of what kind of data sources are you actually looking at. So we have basically a curated set of uh, English-speaking news and expert blog sites. So we're trying to avoid, uh, let's say, the noise level by having a curated set that we're looking at. And I guess the other way is to be clear in how to, let's say, operationalize uh, specific trends. What Mm -hmm. are actually uh, key concepts and terms used uh, in the context of specific topics and trends? To then be able to really analyze what we're looking for and uh, reducing the noise as well, makes
0: it makes a lot of sense. So basically, do kind of pre-filtering, and it's not just scraping the whole internet. So you have you you have some you give it direction basically, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, and, you know, the report is pretty fantastic. And in your report, you structured all the different categories of the metaverse. And so you broke it down into a social metaverse, a commercial metaverse, and, of course, an enterprise metaverse. And why did you choose that split? And and what does each of these categories actually stand for?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, as you know, the metaverse is, I would say, in the definition phase. So it's actually... The first kind of challenges um, to kind of define it and then also looking, uh, trying to understand how you can build, let's say, different clusters and uh, sub areas that you want to look at. Yeah. And I guess also when you start researching, probably one of the first kind of frameworks to, to think about is uh, that you stumble upon is, let's say, the, the layered logic and uh, let's say infographic uh, from Trent from right Radoff. And I think this was for us also the first trigger to think about how can we actually structure the topic and uh, to the point why we at the end choose the social, commercial and enterprise one is that it was pretty clear we didn't want to put the focus too much on the, let's say, building blocks and the technologies enabling the metaverse, but make it more tangible and actually looking at concrete applications and use cases and at the end if you look at it i think a very straightforward way of then structuring it is to think about first of all what is actually um, happening in the metaverse from a let's say user perspective because if you think about it you could say it's a little bit about the social metaverse is the next generation maybe of social networking of gaming so basically new ways of consumers interacting with these other interaction with brands, etc. So that was the first way of trying to understand what is actually the metaverse, what does it mean for consumers and uh, how is it related to, let's say, specific topics like uh, avatars, uh, virtual assets, virtual spaces, etc. And then, I guess, the second uh, way to think about it, what does it actually mean for brands, right? So uh, we are consultants, we're thinking about it from a business perspective, and then, of course, it's pretty clear to understand what does the metaverse actually means for companies in terms of new ways of interacting with consumers, right? Because um, if there is basically a, a new channel and a new way of consumers where they interact arising, then as a brand, I also need to think about how can I leverage this to, to reach my, my consumers? And so this is pretty much then related basically to metaverse related marketing and advertising but of course also to the let's say more metaverse commerce topics Mm -hmm. like from building virtual showrooms or virtual stores but also thinking about selling for example virtual goods not only physical goods and i guess the third aspect to it if you think about it is what does it actually mean if consumers are immersed in these worlds what kind of new data sources or data um, is actually, do they generate, what does it mean from a company perspective, if you have more or less, let's say, 3D data on a consumer, thinking about the digital twin in the future of the consumer? So that's, I guess, the the second bucket. And then, probably also super relevant for all of us, what does it actually mean in an enterprise context, right? So what is uh, the next generation of Zoom, if you're talking about virtual meetings and virtual collaborations? Or what is the next level of actually designing products and services in a let's say virtual and uh, digital context, where the whole development process is more uh, interactive and uh, digital, and also developed from a digital twin, the whole process going there till at one point you decide actually to to launch the product and develop let's say in the, the physical world up to the point of what does it mean if we have new ways of actually immersing between us also for example for trainings and learnings etc so i guess in a nutshell yeah that's why we choose to have these three aspects i guess it's pretty straightforward everybody can understand the context of the use cases um, and uh, super interesting topics within all of these uh, three buckets
0: Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense, and um, I, I fully agree with also the, the split up and you know putting all of these things in it. Uh, by the way, you mentioned John Rediff. Um If you have not seen the Seven Layers of the Meta Wars, um, you can watch episode two where I interviewed John Redov about exactly that. So you can recap that if you have not heard about it, and then come back to this episode. <laughs> but anyhow, um, no let's, let's continue. Um, so. What are the key takeaways from your report and and why would you say is the time now for companies to get started in the metaverse although we might still be in a very early stage and you know all these metaverse experiences will look way different in like let's say five to ten years and so why should folks get started now and what is the key takeaway from your report yeah
1: well there are basically four key takeaways and each of these four tells you or should tell you in theory not only if you read. Uh, the report in detail, why companies need to prepare now or be prepared already for what's to come. First of all, what we see, and as trend research like to frame, is early realities, meaning the metaverse is already here. It might not be um, something that exploded into your face, but we see it in so many bits and pieces that metaverse technology is being accepted, is being used, not just by a niche or tiny group of people uh, gamers and enthusiasts in this region might have adapted that like years ago, but we see it spill over naturally uh, to other groups of people and this becoming uh, more and more uh, the case. One highlight I would make to, uh, like to make in this early realities is uh, Generation Z or Gen Z in short, uh, the youngsters among us, those that grew up with these kind of technologies for extremely eager and open to um, adapt uh, new technologies and also expect from companies, from brands, and from service providers to be able to deal in this kind of um, context. So, Gen Z and metaverses here is something that we uh, summarize as early realities. That brings me to the next point, um, what we coined as emerging culture. So as I tried to outline before, metaverse is something that is not going to happen overnight. So you're not going to wake up one morning and say, oh, my God, look outside. There's the metaverse. No, it's more an evolution rather than an evolution, step by step um, development. And this development will only make a difference um, as um, adaption and behavior is not just taken on by a group of people but um, at that point when a cultural practice forms so it becomes normal mm-hmm. first maybe only attaches here and there but more and more so so the idea of a cultural practice that is the normal thing for a uh, big uh, groups of people to do that's another factor that is going to develop more and more over time third one is the idea of decentralization. So again, metaverse is not something that will come about and become reality because one company or one CEO wills it so, but because many actors, many stakeholders have their stake and their say and their ideas that they put into reality and develop. So decentralization is probably a key constitu- constitute of how technology works today, and this is something that we need to highlight. um, Also, um, technology development or technological development coming from many directions that interact, that might contradict each other, but will create a certain certain momentum. Momentum is the key word after decentralization of our uh, key takeaways in what we call momentum towards breakthrough. So even if we say it develops gradually, or there's an evolution, it will be happening all at once, not just in patches that are split um, or completely um, dispersed. And these compounding effects that um, developments that happen at the same time have, will um, pave the way for an acceptance um, towards the usage of metaverse, or the existence of metaverse in everyday life, Um, And that is extremely important because that means it will spill over to the mass market. So metaverse will not be um, as exclusive for those using goggles or any kind of technological device that will make you look funny, but it will be something that is taken on um, naturally and for many people all across the world. So the momentum towards breakthrough is something that we see mounting at the
0: at this very moment. Awesome. Thank you. That's a beautiful explanation. And I I really also love when you said it's basically, you don't have to wear goggles, you don't have to wear a VR headset. It's device independent. And so you can take part, whatever, and whatever you have in your pocket, even the mobile, right? Like, and that can also be be part of this. Um, But but also when when you said about the, the younger generation, right? Gen Z, for example, and they expect certain things from brands and you know, uh, like these days, for example, think about if if a company doesn't have a website, like for example, you you want to do a project at your house or private or, you know, professional, whatever it is, you, you search companies. And if that company doesn't have a website, you might likely not have it in your top favorite list of companies are going to hire, right? Do you think the same, Anya? do you think the same could happen in the meta wars? like for the younger generation, right? If, if a brand doesn't have a presence there, like, could that be not so good, I guess, huh?
1: Um, the answer is yes, but let me try to elaborate it a little bit more. Um, having a presence in the metaverse can mean so many things, and it depends um, on whom you reach out to and what you want to achieve with that. So you don't have to have a presence in metaverse, whatever that is, or that is going to be just because, but because you want to establish a relationship to your customers. So you have to look at what do you expect from you? Do they want to buy NFTs? Do they need something in a more virtual form? Do they need presence or service offerings? Because they want to reach out to your brand, be that at night or be that a response or be that a personal shopper assistant that can can mean a lot of things. So brands have to be aware of the necessity to be present in the metaverse, but make a wise choice where to pick their battles or what to develop further uh, in in their existence and in their relationship to customers.
0: Totally totally you you made a very good point it's like surely they should be present but they have to decide carefully with their existing brand and uh, but also uh, you know where they want to go like what kind of offering they want to bring to and also they gotta it's also chance for brands to to think about a new iteration of their image right like to uh, to restart certain business and so on and so yeah very very good (laughs) start
1: Yeah, Metaverse will be something for a luxury brand, but it will be something completely different for, let's say, a provider of vitamin supplements. But the idea is the same, but of course the consequence for the brands is completely different.
0: Right. And analysts say, uh, just recently I, I saw an Oracle analyst say uh, the Metaverse is a five trillion US dollar opportunity by twenty thirty, right? Just imagine that five trillion opportunity by twenty forty. We will see how it turns out, right? With analysts, it's always a little bit of looking into the crystal ball. But of course they have like you know, they have of course d- data they use as a basis and so a lot of people, um, what you hear is like, let's look into the broader vision. It's the new immersive internet, right? And in the beginning of the internet, it was also just for folks like me, like nerds, and and you know, a couple of people that were on the internet. And then people were saying, "Mad, ah, it's not going to work," right? And so I think we're in this yeah. phase right now. And
1: yes, that's actually a good point. Uh, when we started getting our hands dirty on this project, this reminded us a lot about or. We were probably, I don't know, if too young, but not that much into trend research by the time people started talking about the Internet highway. You know, they didn't know what it was. They thought it might be this way, but what they saw and what's important, and that's also a lesson for us today, there's value in it. And not just a monetary value, but probably also, you know, some benefits might, might, might make your lives easier. And that's probably all you need to know uh, to be able and to put some effort into going further down that road.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I guess if you think about when, let's say, the Web 2.0 started, right? Um, and after initially brands managed to understand that they need to have a website and uh, stuff like that, uh, um, think about it where we are today and how long it took, um, let's say, to understand how actually in the Web 2.0, what does it mean for a brand actually, how to use social media, how to integrate it in the overall communication, in the offerings, uh, in the marketing mix. I mean, you can think about that's the next evolution is to understand what does Web three actually mean, and within Web three, the aspect of the metaverse for for brands and for companies. So there will be a lot of learning um, paths to go, and at the end, to your point, also what to do next. I guess it's it's finding the balance between not doing let's say stupid stuff or don't risk let's say also reputation but at the end whenever there is new areas evolving you also have to have the you have to test and learn right so i think the the crucial thing is to not not yeah. you have to take some risk if you want to learn and evolve and that's uh Within a corporate context, of course, always, let's say, uh, a battle between security and uh, taking risk, but it's crucial to do. And exciting.
0: It is. It is definitely exciting times and we're pioneers. And so let's build it all together, also in a responsible way that it's inclusive and uh, in such a way that it's inviting for everyone. Hey, anyhow, we could talk for many more hours. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, we're already at the end of the show. Again, thank you so much, Anja and Stefan, for sharing your insights today. It was very much appreciated. Um, we will link the report once it's out. And also, of course, check out reply.com. You can also find lots of information there. Again, thank you so much, Stefan and Thank you.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with
0: you. Awesome. Well, and thanks, everyone, for joining us for yet another episode of Meta Minutes, your bite sized pieces of the Metaverse. Watch our blog and follow our social media to hear all about the next episodes. And of course, visit our website to watch previous episodes. Well, and of course, stay well and see you soon in the Metaverse.